Welcome to the Deep Dive, the review deep dive. We are back for a round 10 review. Apologies for missing last week. We have some explanations. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm good, mate. Uh, how are you, Trent? <laughs> it was such a yeah, frustrating night. It was. Two we hours was, oh. we lost of our lives. We were so busy. We had this one window to record a review for round nine. And we did it, and my computer was basically running a whole lot of stuff in the background, and I didn't realise. I should have just checked it all and closed everything, but basically the RAM was being used up doing a whole lot of... It's like, it's, it's a fairly... It's not a rubbish computer, but it was doing all sorts of other crap. So... But we've resolved it now, but apologies we didn't have a review last week, that's why... Because um, it would have sounded like broken English. I can put it up there if you want to see what it sounds like. We'll put like five minutes of it to see whether you can listen to it. But there's so many dropouts and it's it's completely unlistenable. But anyway, thank um, goodness. I mean, what? I mean, yeah, not We've a got, bad round to not listen to because it was pretty bad. And we ended up having like we did about an hour forty though, and we ended up having a lot of overall discussions and i actually think it was one of the better episodes i'll be honest i don't know whether i'm saying that like it like subconsciously because of what happened it what happened because it felt like there was some good com- like good conversations it felt like everything was working well um anyway but it's it's lost into the ether but we we spoke about it to ourselves and that's it no one got to hear it but uh that is what happened last week we might do like a like an extremely brief on last week like five minutes maximum more just kind of an overall chat uh of like just top line points from that game in terms of you know how it's sort of led into into this round but we'll spend like five minutes i think and we'll go pretty heavily i think into round 10 and then give a bit of a recap in relation to you know how teams have gone over the last fortnight, you know, I guess through these upcoming games. Yep. Uh, massive Def- thanks to Hopstock. No, go no I was going to say, you're definitely really starting to see uh, the, the fixture shape up. Yeah. We're starting to see where teams are sitting uh, now that we've got a good spread, uh, round, 10 rounds in now. There's a, there's a clear gap between the top teams in the comp and those struggling but um i like like a lot of us predicted there's a big mid mid pack and uh the next few weeks will start to shape everything a little more i think there's still going to be a log jam for those last two or three spots in the eights though what do you think yeah i think so i mean we're definitely getting towards the the sort of penultimate part of the season now where it becomes much clearer who the top teams are i don't think We've got too much more to go to figure that out. There'll be at least one, maybe two surprises, but I think it, it's pretty likely that we're going to see, um, without a doubt, Richmond, GWS, uh, I think clearly Geelong, and I think Collingwood. clearly Collingwood, um, and I think probably the Giants as well. I know, uh, like, I, I tip the Giants to beat Melbourne. I just don't have confidence in Melbourne, and... I know the record that GWS have at the G is still a concern. They beat Melbourne there. It's not like they beat you know serious opposition there. So that's that's interesting. But um, yeah, look, I think Fremantle are a bit of a chance as well. Obviously, they've got a fair amount of wins as well, and they've still got a heap of games at home. Uh, they've won some important ones, but I think those ones I mentioned before are, are probably the key ones. I think possibly even into this preview, um, it's hard because when do we do the mid-season uh, draft? chatter and all that stuff it's just hard because we can't sort of do everything in the review we might do a bit of a ladder recap in this week's preview because it's been a little while since we've done one but at the same time it's kind of hard when do you all fit it in maybe we do the mid-season and then do the the ladder we'll have a bit of it we'll figure it out yeah this Um, is long enough when we talk this uh, this episode's all about 
what's just happened football wise yeah. uh, over the week. So I think we'll leave that for the uh, the preview of round no, no. and chuck it in there as well. But it's more whether we do the latter, the following. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, massive thanks to Hops at Home, uh, sponsors of ours, craft beer delivery service, fresh IPA delivered to your door. Uh, check it out hopstome.com.au. Um, 10 packs, 20 packs of fresh craft beer gathered from breweries all across Australia, fresh in can, and then delivered straight to you. So they get uh, access to uh, brews basically as they're done and canned and then sent directly to their warehouse here in Melbourne and then shipped out all over the country. So check them out, hopstome.com.au. AFL Deep Dive is a promo code that you can use to get $25 off your first pack. So not continuously just on the first one, but give it a go. You can pause at any time. You can resume at any time. Fresh craft beers, IPAs, IPA, IPA, IPA. Delivered to your door. Straight to your door. Constant hop, 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 hop. Lots of hops. Uh, we will be back for a 7.30 Wednesday show, Facebook AFL deep dive with Beyond the Game, so Beyond the Game TV. So if you type into the Facebook search for people that don't follow Beyond the Game, just type Beyond the Game, it'll come up straight away. Uh, we do a live show on their Facebook page every... Uh, Wednesday, I was going to say Tuesday, yeah. every Wednesday at 7.30, Australian Eastern Standard Time. But mentioning Tuesday, do we tell our listeners now that the following week is... Yeah, we can mention that as well. So yeah, Ed's going to be... Yeah, that's a, yeah. so Ed's going to be away uh, a bit. So we, what we're going to do is bring the episodes early and late. So long story short, this week's as normal, uh, Wednesday. Next week will be Tuesday, and then there'll be nothing... Um, we'll, we'll just do a preview as normal, just yep. a normal one, um, just audio only. You might put it on Periscope or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but we won't do it like, cause it's all like, it's all his equipment. It's too hectic for us all to set it up. That's why we, um, that's why he's there. So he could yeah. do all that. We don't have to what, do everything. Yeah, we're, uh, it's too hectic. Of, we're a couple of those. So. <laughs> it's too much. Like, like we can't produce our own show and no, be in it. Definitely not. Um, that's definitely well beyond our capabilities. So I think, yeah. And then the following week will be Tuesday, but yeah, normal time this week, Wednesday, seven thirty. but there'll be a bit of kind of back and forth, but yeah, we will be back as normal this maybe, week. Maybe seven thirty-five. Look, it won't be 7.30, but be, <laughs> be ready Be ready at 7.30, <laughs> pour yourself a drink, and, and it'll Just, be soon. It'll it be won't soon. be that far away. It'll be 7.36, 7.31. No, we never won. won't be that early. Maybe 3. 7.33. Uh, 7.34 is probably our best yeah, bet. Yeah, about then. Yeah. I think we've gone on at like get, 7.45 yeah, get before. Your, get, your, get your beer, your wine, just plug your it snacks. In. Just, put, put the volume on, yeah. and then when you hear our, bu- our noises sort of bozo talking, talking it, it, we're right. on. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Hobbs Home, check it out. And old mate, beyond the game, he also does a lot of other stuff. Obviously, really good AFL content as well. Uh, he probably does primarily AFL content, you'd say, nowadays, um, given that's kind of what the audience is wanting. But he does, you know, a bit of. Some other sports as well. Yeah, other sports as well. Into that stuff. Yeah, old mate, other sports. Uh, but we're here to talk about football. So I guess as a really quick run through through round nine. Um, so first game on that Friday night, the West Coast Eagles versus Melbourne, 85 to 69. Um, I mean, look, this game, you know, the D's, I remember looking, I mean, Gorn was enormous in this game, but the Eagles just have so much polish. I mean, there's not really, I don't think, I, I thought, I mean, the, it was definitely the best Melbourne have played for a long time, I thought. Yeah. Um, I thought they definitely stood up, but at the same time, I can't believe how, Low the bar is with Melbourne that that there were so many positives drawn into this game. I mean, it was good, but at the same time, they were still pretty bad. Yeah, it helps that to choke were, again. Yeah, like, it helps that they were leading for three quarters, and that's about it. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they, they should have won this they game by won. a fair way. Yeah, choked. Just got no self-belief, no confidence. No. Uh, just void of uh, anything that was the resemblance of the team that made a prelim last year. And we saw it again basically next week. So I don't think there's too much to talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and the Eagles, you know, went and on to win I this guess, week too. So. Yeah, I was going to say, this kind of showed that West Coast had basically go up a few gears and win a game that... They and they looked, did that again. Yeah, they, they looked ugly in, so... Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, not, yeah, I not much... I don't think... What do you reckon? More. I don't I mean, think there's teams, too much to take out of that. Nah, two teams at uh, vast ends of the uh, the ladder spectrum. One uh, building for another tilt at a premiership. The other um, capitulating and and just not being able to deal with the, the pressure from the success it kind of had last year. I think the only thing is that Melbourne definitely held... They held West Coast to... A pretty low score, so that was impressive. At least they defended a lot better. They kept the the ball away from McGovern, which was good. They tried to minimise intercepts, which is a, a you know, and, and minimise marks, which is a really key way yeah. to beat West Coast. You've got to keep them under ninety you, marks. I was going to say, and so, you mentioned that yeah, quite early in the season, a really good way to defeat uh, West Coast is to go inside forward fifty quite grubbily, keep it on the ground, uh, take yeah. their take their massive weapon McGovern out out of the equation and Hearn out of the equation. And do your best to see if you can just uh, kick kick goals off the ground or to that effect. Yeah, but as much the thing about it is, as much as they did defend better, the reality was there was still a situation where Melbourne completely ignored that Sheed was the third man up over and over and over, and he just kept burning them. Um, and then there was that ridiculous mark by Liam Ryan. Um, we spoke about obviously the the thing with Vardy, how you know, he was basically given a bath by Gorn all night, and then Vardy went and sort of, you know, got in the face of Rioli, and it was like, um, sorry, yeah, no, well, that, yeah, so there was this whole, you know, this whole thing with Rioli and, and Vardy, because Rioli had taken a, a, a screamer over Gorn, and then Vardy had been owned by Gorn all night. That's right, yeah, and he got so kicked in the this, face as he was falling, yeah, and then, but, yeah, I mean, Vardy not, went into him. Not much to talk about, I mean, it, it is what it is, I mean, obviously it was stupid of Vardy to do that, if you've been smashed all night, I don't think it gives you a license to do that, I would have thought... Especially when the guy's almost knocked out. Yeah. Um, Hearn, so luckily for Gorn, he wouldn't have heard a thing. No. I thought Hearn was, was amazing in that game, and, and again, very good. But look, I think the, the big thing is that they just can't sustain it through a whole game. Um, yeah. yeah, so then Colin Cl- Cl- Kilda, similar, similar thing. They are shit house. Um, similar thing here in that game, Collingwood St. Kilda. This was a decent game at three-quarter time, and then, at, as you pointed out, extra gear. Collingwood, they've yeah. got they've got that fifth gear, and, and and unfortunately, St Kilda, I think, have actually been pretty good this year. Of all the honourable winning teams, they are the clear best, I think, of that like group that are in struggle town. I think they're definitely one of the better ones, oh, if not the best. Well, absolutely. I mean, who knows where they'd been had they not been hit with the injuries that have sort of come in the last month, on top of what, what they already had. They had what four or five wins early on in the season, which yeah. Ultimately, could really help them in the back end of this season. Uh, they're super competitive, and I think that's the best thing about this St Kilda side compared to last year is they're competitive. They're not lying down and getting belted or anything like that. And although it was quite a sizable margin in the end, we're talking about one of the top three teams in the comp at the moment in the pies yeah. against a team that only won yeah, four or five games. So, yeah, look, they, they're probably the best bottom five team in the comp at the moment, they possibly could... Well, actually not the bottom five, are they sitting at 13th or something? They're an outside chance for finals. 
Yeah, I mean, the big problem is the depth is, is already testing them. So as you get deeper into the season, they're going to struggle more and more. Yeah. Um, Grundy was incredible, obviously. He was, he's, you know, if he's not the best player in the game, he's clearly top three. Uh, Reed and Majacek, I thought, is actually starting to work as a combination. And it's great to see, you know, Collingwood winning without Dugowie. Um, but yeah, the depth has been pretty heavily tested. Varka got reported, he missed, and you know, it'd be interesting to see whether he can make it into the team coming in this week. But I think, look, the Saints are actually they're showing a lot more than your Carlton's and, and, and people like that, I think. They're, they're, they're definitely getting closer yeah, and to they, teams. and they, they've got more depth than the Suns. I would say you could put Suns in the same category, but... Well, Saints have almost Saints nobody on the park. Like, it's ridiculous. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, that's what... No, no, we're saying the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, 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 sorry. I... Don't know what I was. Sorry. I don't know what I heard just then, but it was we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Saints have got a lot of upside, definitely. I, and Collingwood. Yeah. I mean, the scary thing for the rest of the AFL is when you look at Collingwood winning the way they are, and then you look at how many players are on their injury list, and you go, right, this is a scary, scary team. Come the end of the year, if they can get even half of those players back on the field, we're talking eight, nine players that are start up 22 and would be start 22 in every other list on the in the AFL. Yeah, so. without a doubt. And given the Saints... Look, I, I, yeah, anyway, very briefly, I think it's a bit harsh that Alan Richardson's job is, is talked about so heavily, yet, I mean, Carlton have, I think, been a lot worse. A lot A worse. lot worse. And then North, but then obviously that happened with North now, so anyway. Yeah. I reckon he's doing. He's getting everything he can out of his players at the moment, Richo. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then into which on paper looks like a good game, Brisbane, Adelaide, ninety three, ninety two. But I don't think it was a very good game. Very, very ground out, and it took a long time to kind of get going. Uh, bit unlucky the Crows in the end. They had the momentum, but just sort of wasted so many opportunities leading up to that point. I mean, any anything to take away out of this? Game? No, I felt exactly the same. I thought, yeah, if you just looked at the stat sheets and the score, you go, oh, this was a good game. If you actually watched any of it, it was littered with... Boring. Yeah, it was boring. It was played between the arcs for so much of it. Uh, I don't lots know of how the score got football. that high. No, it doesn't make either. sense. There was just patches where each team would just score freely for a very small amount of time and get two, three, four goals on it at a, at a time. And then, uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Adelaide left their run a little too late to get over the top of the Lions. Lions sneaking home there, which... They probably uh, should have never got themselves in that position anyway. No, exactly. Um, and then Geelong Doggies one thirty three to eighty nine. Yeah, uh, yeah pretty look, disappointing. You and I were yeah. hoping for a better spectacle and a better um, sort of return from the doggies, but uh, who um, who are the dogs? I mean, look, yeah, they, they're the so up to, and down. Starting to yeah, one one game you go, oh yeah, they're back playing the football that we. You know just don't know then. who. You just don't know what team's going to rock up. The only game this year where they're really impressed has been the Richmond game. Yeah. So, um, and the Cats, yeah. obviously. Well, they've, they've got... They, keep doing what they've been doing all year, just winning games of footy. Yeah. It should have been a lot worse, really. Um, the Cats were so accurate. That's the big thing with Geelong, is they're so accurate. Even if you stay with them for a while, you're still you, probably going to get murdered. Because yeah, because no team knows how to kick goals like that. Not that, not that not, accurate, no. no. Um, Dogs just had no answer for Hawkins to back up your point all year. Uh, they just don't have the big bodies. Um, Bont... You know, there was a period there late in the third where he looked like the best player in the game. And that's the thing. He has these passages where he's incredible, but he's, you know, it's hard. He's, he's not in a great team. That doesn't help. Um, Duncan's, you know, so, so good. I think we both um, talked about in the in the last episode just how good his ball, and aware, ball awareness is and how much he has improved. I, he is just outstanding. 
Duncan. Oh, he has, and we've been asking these types of players at Geelong to really step up over the last uh, 12 months, and or most of last year, and they fin- he's finally done it. And I, I think he's absolute uh, paramount to this team, especially mm. with Selwood uh, being in and out or get a bit injured uh, and, and obviously not having to take on that role in the midfield as much anymore. It's really good to see Duncan and there was someone else. Myers, I thought was amazing. Myers, no, one of the older guys that's been there for a little while. Um, name's yeah. just gone, but there's, there's been a few. They're pretty much all been, B graders have been, but they've all stepped up. It's yeah, the, these wins haven't been the result of Selwood, Dangerfield, or Albert having brilliant games. Don't get me wrong, they're all playing quite good footy, but they're not winning the games for them, which is what over the last few years Geelong have relied on to get the wins. So yeah, no, look. Very even team, probably the most even team on oh, in the comp at the moment for me. Yeah, I mean the Cats can just put their foot down, and it, yeah, um, Stewart his mark was absurd. It was a bit of a shame that it was the same round as uh, Rioli because it yeah that mark was absolutely ridiculous, and it probably was better, but Stewart's was amazing. Um, Essen and Fremantle in an absolutely terrible game. So you and I got together, we watched the games on the Saturday night. Um, so that was why it was on my birthday that night. That was why we had such a, a tiny window to record. Um, yeah, look, this was an awful game, 60-53. to 53. Essendon won by seven points. Um, yeah, I mean, Lyon, just defensive sort of choke the game job. Um, oh, it was, it was a Ross terrible to watch. And, and look, I, I, you know, had a term, it nearly worked, but uh, it's, it was horrific viewing. Um if it wasn't for Stringer, I think Essendon probably would have lost this game, to be honest. Um, I thought Freo did a pretty good job restricting the corridor, and they were good this coming week, we'll talk about in a second. Um, you know, Freo just stopping Essendon's run worked as well, but Essendon was so inefficient. Uh, predominantly, Danaher looked awful, and then now he's missing the whole year, so that's why. Um, yeah, I mean, they had a bit of a run there, and they, they won. They got seven out of the last eight. Freo really fell to pieces a little bit there. But they held it for a long period. Yeah, it was Dylan Shields, obviously. His most productive game for Essendon. Yeah. And uh, quite good with foot and just learned to slow slow his movement down. So that obviously took a little bit of pressure off him um, this week. But as we will talk about, he's injured anyway. So yeah. maybe, maybe uh, changing his style of play to suit uh those on the outside might not have worked in his favour after all. No, and again, the big problem is Frio's ability to switch from offence to defence is really poor. Um, and again, that was a similar problem. But they won this week coming. Uh, Hogan's leading patterns I thought were terrible and probably again the following week. Uh, Mundy is obviously very, very good. I don't know what... Yeah, I mean, look, this was such a bad game. There's really nothing to do. Very hard to watch. Uh, North, Sydney, 72-77. to 77. Um, North completely fell away defensively. North really should have won this game. Uh, I was really surprised the take out of this game a lot. You know, people said, "Oh, Sydney, you know, deserved to win." I'm not quite sure they did. They they were pretty average through sections of the game. Uh, but North left their run way too late. Um, again, another instance of Sydney uh, miracle winning uh, a game. Uh, there was a sort of a tug to Goldstein's jumper. Should have been a free kick, so yeah, there was how, the goalpost, the, there was that. How the umpire missed it, I don't know, but... Well, they've had that then again, so there was another one. Rampy ran over the mark on, on Friday night versus Collingwood. So there was three incidents in three weeks where Sydney... I know they lost, but 
like really at least mind call. At least we got that well, one. Yeah, at least the umpire saw that one, which was uh, everyone's like, how how do you get over the line? He went a fair way over the mark, but anyway, it's about three meters over. It. Yeah, crazy. He's he's a lunatic. Um, so yeah, that's that game. Awful, really, to watch as well until the very end, which was kind of exciting, yeah. but only because it was a bit of a rabble. Um, what do you think? Anything else? Uh, look, I just I, I was pretty impressed by young Blakey. Again, yeah, I thought he's been good. He's been good since he came in. Other than that, no, look, Papley, he's consistent. Florent was okay. Goldstein was pretty good, but yeah, look, there wasn't much to talk about in as far as highlights. This game was a, a, another sort of sort of sluggish game, a bit similar to that. Adelaide Brisbane game, not much to get excited about. Um, yeah, another lucky win for Sydney, I think. I think so. Uh, and then Sunday's game is Port Gold Coast, awful game. Um, the Gold Coast were kind of in it for a bit there, but power just a bit more strength, particularly at home. Uh, this was a bad round. I mean, there was I, I, I think a week. Well, I got eight. I think most people would have got eight. It was just all the home teams really. Wasn't much of a surprise. Gold Coast were ahead at quarter time and half time, so I guess that's the only thing to note. Port were very slow to get off the canvas, but I don't think either of us particularly rate Port that highly. No. No, and we both did Hawthorne to beat them, and that happened. Um, yeah, yeah, they were just able to... Fell away to... in the second half, and that's yeah. the big problem. Is Gi- uh, Giants, Gold Coast can still only really play a half to three quarters. I mean, that still is, is a problem. The biggest issue, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it happened again this week. Um, and then Richmond, Hawthorne, which looked like a good game on paper, but that really wasn't great either. Six goals in the end. Um, Hawthorne just, just didn't have the the weapons on the day. I don't think they structured up really as well as I'd seen in the past. Um, Hawks were trying to sort of play on and, 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 and make it you know a bit of a faster game, but I think they kind of played into Richmond's hands. Yeah. Um, I don't think that worked. I think no, it, we it was funny. There was an early tactics earlier. Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to... Play Richmond at their own um, game, like, and they planted it up for yeah. them too. Yeah, and not kicking goals early on when they had the opportunity really hurt the Hawks. And so inaccurate Hawthorne as well. Yeah, so and you can't do that against a team like Richmond. And then obviously Dusty had a day out, which uh, just he was made things good. even worse yeah. for Hawthorne because they don't actually have a player that can go with the likes of someone like Dustin Martin. So yeah, look, wasn't ideal. Uh, Hawthorne should have been closer, and it should have been a closer game, but. Obviously, that's the gap between the top teams and the middle rung teams at the moment. I think that it's a good indication of uh, where those two teams are at this year. And Warple, I thought, did a okay job early on Martin, but then it com- the job completely got away with him. So the- <laughs> Martin pretty much went, went crazy. Uh, you know, great leadership from him as well. When Lynch got that goal, that was a good moment. Uh, I thought Lynch versus Sicily was kind of an interesting subplot to the game. It had a very kind of old style feel to it. I did enjoy that. Um, Ellis has just had an incredible month. He was amazing in this game. This, this is probably a game I could talk a bit about, I, I, but we won't. We've got to keep moving. But I did find it. Um, it's yeah. I mean, I, I I was harsh on Ellis earlier in the year and said he's a VFL player, probably at best. But he has completely turned that around. The last five six weeks, oh, he, he's been he's amazing. Only, he's only spot in the without it one hundred percent. I was completely 22. wrong on that. Yeah, and it's going to be hard if they get players back for him to be moved on because he's he's, he has absolutely solidified solidified his spot. Uh, I think he's been brilliant, especially in the last month. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, another thing I just wanted to say in relation to the game overall, uh, accuracy. I think is killing the game as much as the new rules are. So the, the ability across the league to kick goals is so poor, and it's a. I think it, it's making the game definitely as bad to watch. Everyone 
bitches about the new rules, I think that's, without a doubt, just as bad. Oh, look, we wouldn't be talking about the new rules if teams were kicking 15-6 or 20 goals 10. We yeah. just wouldn't sit there and go, oh, they're, they're kicking goals, and that's the thing. And that's what we want, really, and I think that's what the AFL want, is free-flowing, high-scoring games, which means kicking goals. And well, funnily enough, I can't remember the player, but I heard someone saying in an interview, might have been post-match, so might have been a little bit delusional, talking about that if they spend too much time on goal-kicking, that'll take away from the rest of the part of their game plan. I'm like, oh, who cares if you can handball it to each other in the centre square? Doesn't mean jack shit if you can't kick a goal. Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was bizarre. Yeah, I just think you need yeah. to spend a little bit more time on it because a lot more. If you kick goals, you generally win games of football. So, uh, a la Geelong Cats. Soldo, yeah, exactly. Soldo, I thought was really good uh, standing in the ruck as well. Uh, it was a shame he got suspended. Um, he doesn't have a brown line, so it doesn't work. Uh, he, yeah, he'll be back uh, next week. Uh, what else? I mean, the other thing I, I didn't hear really spoken about much in reflection of this game. To be fair as well, the Hawks were down two rotations. So that, that hurts you, particularly against a very good side. So that, that doesn't help. Yeah, it doesn't. No, it doesn't at all. I'm not no, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but no one, no one mentioned it. I no, think no that's not ideal. And especially one of them being McAvoy. Yeah. He's obviously um, up there with some of the better rucks going around. and Very good form. Can move forward and kick goals and, and, and plug the hole back and all that type of stuff. So you're right. Um, I don't whether it would make a massive difference, but we've seen every most teams who get down to one or two less rotations on the bench, especially if, if it's more than a quarter. It's really hard to keep up with the opposition. And last game, and probably the worst game of the entire year, unless you're an insane Giants fan, the Giants 138-45. to Giants by 93 points. I remember we went actually pretty deep in the episode that did get lost uh, at this point. I think we'd like... Because the games were not great. I think we're up to about the 50-minute mark at this point. And then we did like 30 minutes on this, which I don't know how because it was so oh, bad. It was, pretty it was much more just like Carlton. completely tearing Garland to shreds. Yeah. But 19 Blues didn't lay, lay a tackle. Uh, Cripps versus DeBoer. Again, Cripps was, was terrible, DeBoer. Another scalp. Uh, it was funny. Mumford like put uh, Murphy in hospital and didn't get suspended. Um, Whitfield was completely off the chain. Uh, and, that's, and, and Blues were... Terrible, and how Brendan Bolton is still there—it's incredible. Yeah, lucky Whitfield, what a star! I mean, his numbers. Yeah, go back to three goals, nine. forty touches, eighteen, eighteen marks, marks four <laughs> tackles. Didn't get a hit out. I have words to him about that. Should have yeah. got in there and got a hit out. Just tap him, <laughs> tap to himself. Um, so, no, he, yeah. he was incredible. Yeah, I mean, but this was a—you know—the Giants were ruthless. Um, they they weren't great the previous week. So they really need against Hawthorne. They really need to come out and prove it, and they yeah. completely buried and it. Even so. even old man. It though. should have been worse, actually. I like they they let Carlton get into the game towards the back end. But to be fair, when you're that far in front and you've got so much of the season to go, you don't want injuries. You're going to start to slow down. But also, Giants were so inaccurate. 2018. Yeah. I mean that it should really have been. There was a lot of those that were pretty easy. 20, well, absolutely. 26, 27 That's goals. It. Second half, they kicked seven goals. Nine to yeah. five goals two. So yeah, they, they really let up. really let the Blues back in. They did, yeah, and, and it was it, this, should, this should have been hundred and yeah, oh, he, oh, he this should have been, been one hundred and twenty to one hundred and thirty points. This should have been a serious, serious beating. And then it, I, I mean, I, I, I can't believe he survived the week. Um, I, I think the job's completely unsettable. And then again, he lost. Um, 
the following week. So that's a bit of a speed round of round nine. Um, I think both of us have definitely got other things we would say, but look, let's just chat about. Let's sort of take a breath. We'll take some time and we'll let's have a bit of a chat around those other points from different teams into the round ten discussion. I reckon. Yes. What's happened? Oh, I just have an empty glass in front of me. Oh, apologies. Yeah, sorry. just we'll fill your glass up. Just, well, this can be the deep breath. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was the end of old, mate. End round of nine, round which was not a good nine. Game. Round. We had to talk about it again. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's true. It is. All right. Okay, um, round 10. Should round 10. Yeah, absolutely. Look, so you and I, yep. well, you and I both agree this has probably been the best round of footy that we've seen all year. I think overall. this is the best round this year, yeah. Yeah, and started off on Friday night in a pretty entertaining game, game up in Sydney. Swanee's just losing to the Pies by seven points. Seesawing type of a game. A lot of uh, footy cliches we could uh, pull out here. But ultimately, look, the better team won in the end. Uh, a little bit more depth. I like that Sydney actually uh, played Franklin to begin with, but never went Franklin-centric. But he just draws the best defender. So he, he was pretty aggressive all night, though. That didn't help. No, it didn't Gave help. Gave away a lot of frees. Well, I think he's getting frustrated that the ball wasn't getting kicked to him. No. Um, but ultimately, that was the reason they almost won the game. Uh, Sam Reid was on fire. He was really good, yeah. And when, and when a teammate like that is on fire, they've got to take their chances with him because it doesn't happen that often. Usually, it's buddy or nothing. Mm. And look, look, it just... Uh, just the weight of numbers at, at the pies, um, as far as class and ability, uh, even with um, the loss of Wells, obviously uh, in the second quarter, I think it was, or the third quarter, and they're down to one rotation, just shows uh, how much superior they are as a team to still get the job done. Even yeah. though he was having a brilliant return to AFL, had three goals, going at ninety percent efficiency or something in the first couple of uh, first half, but um, we'll know more about his injury uh, over the next couple of days. Wells. Yeah. Wait, that's it. He's out He's for done, three months. Done three months. Oh, I didn't yeah, hear that. No. So there we go. I was, I was, I was trying to find it. some news on it and I couldn't find any. No, it was confirmed. It, so so okay, he, there you go. So he's a, he's um, declined uh, surgery because that the chance of him coming back down would be very very little. Yep. So he's not not going to he's opted out for surgery. He'll be back in about three months time. Okay. So the idea is to try to make a push for finals and maybe try and pinch a flag and then I think that'd be almost certainly it. Um, scoreline seventy three to eighty, so eleven seven to eleven fourteen. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that that's sort of the reason. I mean, not look. I try to do the scores every game, but that's definitely tells an interesting story. Obviously, it was a close game, but the Pies missed a lot of shots. Uh, very inaccurate eleven fourteen. Uh, I mean, the games as the game started, the Pies were a bit tired, a little bit slow. Um, I think aside from their kind of A grade players, they didn't start particularly well, but. Yeah, as time went on, uh, they definitely built throughout the game. Um, we thought about the winners first, as we usually do. My check was was amazing. I think he's he's just been such a great find. Um, Wells was just absurd, as you as you were saying. It, it, you know, he, it's very typical Daniel Wells game. He's he's he you know he, he's the best player on the ground. He gets he does you know another injury. So yeah, um, Grundy again was. Grundy was incredible. Uh, I actually thought Sinclair did okay against Grundy, I'll be honest. I've seen Ruckman this year. I think probably the worst was Tim English. He completely... I mean, he's a very young player. He shouldn't yeah. be too harsh. But he, he, he got completely baked by him. But I think, yeah, that that was... Um, I thought Sinclair was actually okay. 
But Pies just as the game built, they just have so many reliable players. Like they've just got, they've got so much depth across the entire ground. Um, I thought Chris yeah. was amazing off the halfback. He basically stopped everything that came forward, especially in the second half. Yeah, uh, there's some interesting numbers. I mean, Trelaw found a lot of the footy, but he, ultimately he was probably one of the weakest links for Collingwood. Uh, a bit like old mate Dylan Shill at Essendon for the first half of the year. He was uh, pretty inefficient by foot. I, reckon, I think I heard one of the commentators say that he was going at 18% by foot. So. It's terrible. That's not so good, but it doesn't matter when um, you've got Pendlebury, Crisp, um, Greenwood, uh, and a few others, all, all pulling this, making up the slack um, by hidden targets. Uh, I think bottom was like what you said, very slow to begin, and then he built in the game. He yeah. he was pretty instrumental. Trelaw took time. Third quarter, as well. yeah. third quarter, just being able to uh, drive off the back half and and get in some good positions to ultimately. Uh, not get the goals that they wanted, but at least have scoring opportunities. I think some of the setups at clearance as well from Collingwood were a bit funny early. Like there was a few times where like Trelaw and a few of these guys were basically just set up in really weird positions. I was like, what are, what are they doing? Like it was like they. I mean, Gorn would would do his best, and then just the tap outs were pretty good, like to space. But then the pipes weren't particularly ready for it. It ended up being fine, but. I don't know. There was just a few weird setups. I thought the, you know, this obviously the synergy between the whole team is is fantastic. Um, I actually thought as well. Nothing to note. I, I thought he's probably got the heat check. Actually, I think he was really good. Was Jordan Ruffett? I thought he was fantastic. Jordan Ruffett. He did a fantastic job on Franklin pretty much the entire night. Because as you mentioned, Franklin obviously wasn't forward the whole night, mm. but he was really really good. Um, the numbers, you know, you look well, at his numbers and think, oh well, it looks busted ass. But he was amazing all day. But yeah, you're better off looking at um, Franklin's numbers and seeing. Well, he wasn't who, great. I mean, he didn't no. really do much. I'll just be trying honest. to find them. And he got what, two goals, not not much. Hey, if that. Yeah, so he was definitely not influential yet. I mean, had was it seven, two? Did he get two? Yeah, and he had six, yeah. six touches. Well, that's it. And he, um, he was in front of him all night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, only three marks. So that's not uh, that's, pretty big effort. That is a bloody good effort. Yeah, absolutely. Don't. See Franklin uh, held to those type of stats very often. If he's not kicking goals, he's at least getting twenty or thirty, uh, twenty odd touches and yeah. and marks and whatnot. But uh, very quiet night. The, the Swans also used Rampy out the back um, of a stoppage, which did work quite well. Um, there was a few things that they did. That, there was there was a few bits and pieces they changed around that did work quite well. I think they actually had an alright game. And Sam Reid, I thought, was quite good. But yeah, I mean, it's tough. Collingwood are uh, such a a dense side. They've got so much to, to work with. But this game shouldn't have been as close. They, they were very inaccurate as well, to be fair. Yeah, they, they had plenty of opportunity to put Sydney away multiple times and just um, butchered it a fair bit in front of Cole. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, to say because it doesn't look like there's much pressure when you're watching on TV. But, no. Um, Sydney were always coming. It's probably one of the best games I've seen Sydney play and yeah. Pretty, un- pretty unlucky not to... Well, I shouldn't say pretty unlucky. They're just not capable of probably matching it for long enough with the, the team. these teams right at the top end like Collingwood. And I just say when they come up against Geelong, it'll be a similar scenario. Hawks, Port, Adelaide. So 80 to 49, Hawthorne by 31 points. Uh, not a great game in the Chad Wingard Cup. Uh, 41-0-0 in the first quarter. So Hawks off to a massive start. Half-time was awful, 6-2 to 2-3, so no 
competition really at all. And then three quarter time, nine five to five seven, and then final uh, siren twelve eight to six thirteen. So look, Paul kind of came, but they were so inaccurate when they finally did come. So seventy five percent of time in forward half for Hawthorne, um, yeah, wasn't great. Gunston was back. I thought Gunston was excellent. Um, I know yeah, you I watched mean, a fair bit of this game. Yeah, he, he I've finally, been, call, been, been calling over his head yeah. for weeks. He was um, back. I thought he was good. Uh, yeah, look, for for whatever reason, I mean, obviously Hawks know this ground better than the rest of the competition. Uh, they play there quite regularly now. And I think that's just how Gunston was able to find his mojo. He obviously got one of the key defenders being uh, without... Mitch Lewis and Roughhead, so he's obviously basically the next tallest guy in the forward line, but just was able to uh, lead appropriately. Helps when the delivery is exactly where he wants it and kick six goals straight. If you haven't been watching too much of the Hawks or looking at what Jack Gunston has done all year, I don't blame you because he'd only kicked 10 goals up until this round. So he almost doubled his tally for the year in Mm. one single game. So that helped a lot with, obviously, Henderson having another really good game and the delivery from the rest of the mids. I thought um, O'Meara was quite good. Walpole had his um, periods of play here and there. But ultimately... was good overall. Overall, but ultimately... Gunston was the best player on the ground, though. Oh, by yeah, by a long shot. I don't. I think he was clearly the most. Um, Actually, Henderson, Henderson was pretty good. Just looking at the stats, I'd forgotten how good he was. Yeah, he's had an incredible season. He's averaging uh, like twenty-seven or almost twenty-eight touches a game, and going at somewhere like seventy-eight. He's playing that so. Tom Mitchell role at times. Like he, he is just fantastic. He's doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. I think Port Adelaide definitely had their opportunities. They had a period. I think it was in the third quarter where they absolutely dominated possession. Hawthorne couldn't get it past halfway for for ten or fifteen minutes, and it was just the back. Uh, the defensive uh, setups. I thought Jack Scrimshaw was, again, brilliant. I don't know how he couldn't get a game or looking with the Suns or whoever he was with before he came to Hawthorne. But he's he's been super, especially in a depleted back back six. Uh, I thought Burgoyne was pretty good. But uh, look, and the young kids for Port were good. I thought Dersma um, showed glimpses of his best footy again. Uh, a little bit inaccurate in front of goal. Uh, Rosie Stratton I thought was an interesting uh, matchup I think Stratton just got on top of him uh, which was good to see because I thought Stratton was pretty quiet has been quiet all year and ultimately these are the type of games Hawthorne um, sorry about that should win when they're playing in Tassie I think if it had been anywhere else even at the G I think Port Adelaide might have had um, the Hawks measure I think they just know the conditions a bit better maybe I mean there were so many turnovers as well though Port just would constantly cough the ball up and that's the number one reason how Teams are scoring at the moment from turnovers. Yeah, that, so that number like yeah, so the number one pressure team this year is Hawthorne, funnily enough, and the number three is Port what? Adelaide. So there was bound to be a lot mm. of uh, stray kicks and shitty handballs. Hawks just went off. I'll be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought the Hawks tackled pretty well as well throughout the game. I think I think a lot of their tackles were quite timely. Uh, it's not all about the numbers as well. It's how you're tackling and when you're tackling. I thought that was. Impressive as well. But, yeah, Laporte were just slow to start going. And, I mean, Hawks were just, yeah, I mean, they know how to play that ground, as you pointed out, very, very well. 
Uh, so yeah, tackle seventy five, seventy five. So it's funny, isn't it? Like I, I didn't. So very rarely when I write my notes on the games, I don't look at the stats. It's funny looking at that now. The, the tackles are even, but viewing it, I thought it like in terms of time and place, it was far more efficient. Yeah, and you, you think looking back, watching the game when Hawthorne tackled, uh, the ball either spilled and we were able to. Or they were able to take possession and do something with it, whereas I think a lot of the port tackles ended up just being in another stop, which is fine. But yeah, uh, as you said, it's when and where those tackles take place and what happens after that that yeah. plays a bigger part on the It's on the, the timing game. of the game and everything, definitely. Uh, so next game, Dogs North. So 90-115, uh, North by 25 points. I had tipped the old mate dogs, and then I'd remembered, oh, hang on, that's right, the bloody coach has been sacked. <laughs> Probably, this is when they will win one out of the hat, and then, of course, that's exactly what they go and do. Uh, so we, when we did our preview, we had no idea Brad Scott's uh, job was, uh, he had hit the bucket. Yeah. Um, we haven't spoken about this at all, obviously, yet, because we didn't know even at the review either, um, so we've had no idea up until this point. Um, I guess before we start the game, do we want to have a bit of a chat around the Brad Scott thing? Because we won't really get so much time in the preview. Um, I guess, yeah, absolutely. What, so uh, let's, let's it's have a bit super of a, important. It <laughs> sort is, of yeah. made a uh, fair dint in the uh, end result of this game, that's it, for sure. It definitely did. So I guess to recap, I'm sure you're all aware of it, and then let, let's find out, I guess, what we think about it. Um, I, so three weeks ago, the story is three weeks ago, Brad Scott uh, has a meeting with the, the, the board uh, and Ben Buckley and various you know, hierarchy of the club and there's a conversation around you know what they're going to do and planning forward and there's some sort of discussion basically this is this is what we've been told publicly that yeah. he uh, is not uh, you know potentially wanting to stay on and if they want to do a full rebuild he's probably not the man for it he's been there for 10 years and it is what it is. Uh, it leaks out on Friday that there's a, a very strong indication that he's not going to be there next year. Um, and then onto the Saturday, it's, it's all, but, all but confirmed, pretty much. I mean, they're all, no, no one's denying it. And then no. Sunday, it's the same thing. And then, you know, there's the press conference. So, um, interestingly, in his press conference, this is, I think, where it starts to get interesting. He says, I would have liked to have um, told my wife and told my mother and told my dog and my neighbour and all this stuff. Um, if this was a discussion that was had three weeks ago, why did not tell his wife? What's going on here? Who's telling the Who's telling the truth here? This This is a funny story. A bit of Northgate, you reckon? Well, I don't. I don't know what that means. But who's Northgate? What's little Watergate? Oh, Watergate. Sorry. Yes, yeah, of course, Northgate. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like Operation Northwoods. Oh, it could be that too. That's true. Um, now I know where we're going. Sorry, Northgate. No, I, it's I called agree. Scottgate. Scottgate. Okay. Or Bradgate. 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 That sounds like a brand of like toilet paper or something. Um, I no. Look, I think this is strange. I think this is very weird. We obviously don't know the whole story. If this is all cash, and look, I said, look, you know, I'm probably not up for it, and they said, no worries, old mate. Um, here's your watch for your service and see you old mate and we'll do a bit of a clap at the press conference but then he simultaneously says I would have liked some time to have told my mother and my wife and my dog like I'm sorry but what kind of relationship it's one of two things either he has a very strange relationship with his family or 
Anyway, I, I don't know. I, this is very strange. It's very typical of North Melbourne, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, well, who knows really what's coming on? Uh, they don't know what direction they're going in. And thank goodness they were able to put four quarters of football together and actually send out a guy who's done as much as he can for this footy club. I think the he, bare bones, yeah. I think he's wrung the very moist... It's not wet. It's moist. It's, it's just moist rag of player personnel, call it what you like, to get the most out of them, that often that I think the rag doesn't exist anymore. He got it more than bone dry. He's just kept rubbing and rubbing and, oh, it's gone. And I think that's when he decided time is up. Because uh, he... Why didn't he tell his wife if it happened three or four weeks uh, ago? Maybe, maybe she was uh, in Bali. I don't know. I don't know. But do but you see what I'm saying? I absolutely I do. I'm, it doesn't I, add I just, up. I don't, I'm, yeah, I just Story's wanted, bullshit. It is... But we'll never know. It's AFL. Well, okay. So before we move on then to the game, what did we think about him? I thought I thought up to the point with the David King incident. I thought up to that point he had handled himself well. Uh, obviously, the whole thing's pretty fishy, but you know he he had handled himself with class. What do we think about? I mean, I I, I so what do we think about him? You know, basically beelining as the you know the AFL world kind of ran around. Obviously, it was extremely minimal and almost not, a lot was made of this. But him, you know, running towards David King and kind of brushing past him and F and C's and he really, he clearly swore at him. But, I mean, so he's obviously been pretty, very critical of him. David King has been very critical of Brad Scott. What do we think about this? What, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, this was very stupid. But yeah, first of all, yes, perfect uh, segue and laughable. I'm sorry. Two footballers literally cl- uh, took an opponent's head off and didn't get uh, a week, which we've talked about numerous times. And to have this as a side story, who cares? He's allowed to say whatever he wants. King has been super critical of him. He has an opportunity to call him what he wants on his way out of being a coach. Oh, good on you, Scotty. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of David King anyway as a commentator and, and whatnot, but that's here or there. Uh, look, the whole, the way it's unfolded has been... Did you think that was unprofessional, though? He's gone. Who cares? No, but it was during the game, though. Technically, he was still oh. the senior coach. It was during the game. It was during yeah. half-time. Uh, no. Was, um, it, was, it, was it, maybe not unprofessional, but was it necessary to probably, do that? Probably not. I mean, it's probably not professional either, but... No. Like, <laughs> I, I thought it was a bit well, well, unnecessary. What's, what's going to happen to him? I just think, well, he's got an opportunity to have a have a little cheeky remark. Yeah. Um, look, probably, it's not a big could, issue. No, it's not a big issue. And probably in hindsight, he'll look back and go, oh, probably shouldn't have done it, but yeah. it's done, and everyone knows in the footy world where Brad Scott was with David King. I saw, yeah, I mean, that was all, all pretty honest. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't need that to happen. I saw a few, I saw, I heard a couple of talkback uh, callers today sort of saying, oh, that's going to tarnish his... Chance uh, at another job next year. I don't think that's true. Like I think it'll. They're judging him. On, they're judging him. Well, it might at some clubs, but I think ultimately, uh, you know, they're judging someone on ten years. But anyway, look, let's just keep moving. Yeah. Uh, it, but look, bizarre situation, and we obviously don't know the full story. Yeah, look, because um, you don't not tell your wife that you're in big trouble if you no, don't tell her. But that. if it has been a mutual agreement with coach and club that's fine oh, I love that they've been able to do it and make it amicable and, and both te- uh, parties but can if it separate. happened weeks ago why did you not tell anyone that's the thing that seems strange 
Yeah, and whether he actually knew because that, it sounded like whether was, he actually knew that this was going to be his last game correct. of coaching. Yeah, and that's a bit that's fishy, strange. Yeah, and and he said that it was decided weeks ago. So if you've got weeks, you've got plenty of time to tell your damn family. I'm thinking about not not quitting my job. That seems like a fairly major. Does he still get? The remainder of his eight hundred thousand a year contract. I'm assuming he'll have some sort of small payout, but I don't. He's not getting the whole bit, bit of biscuit. No. Oh. Anyway, so he um, can only go for a six week holiday, not an eight week holiday. Yeah, exactly, and he'll get another job soon anyway. Yeah. And it's got to be probably down Geelong. It's got to be. To, it's got to be to New Zealand because you can't do it in Australia because it's too expensive to travel in Australia. Oh, that'd be right. You can just go to Bonnie Doon. Oh, Bonnie Doon. Um. <laughs> It's <laughs> a pretty cheap holiday. It is. Stupid. No water there, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, there is on the lake. So we'd go for a piss, did they? Yeah. Last time I looked, there was no one. <laughs> really? <laughs> no. Is that lake in the castle gone? They're water skiing on it in the castle. Remember well, that? The castle. This is about 30 years old. I mean. know. <laughs> is the water gone? It's pretty low. Jeez. No, nah, that's be a stuff. bit sad. There'll be enough up there. They even make a sequel to it. They're going to be uh, have to do those scenes on a kind of Titanic type set. Mm. Oh, very expensive have to sequel. Do it, do it somewhere Imagine else. that. That's why the budget's so high. <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, we've lost the lost plot. Lost the plot, absolutely. Uh, 90, <laughs> well, just like Brad Scott's wife, um, <laughs> really out of the loop of this game. This, uh, look, this was a stupid game because well, it was an awkward no, game. It was so awkward to watch. It was so the, bizarre. I mean, in it, the first half was great because it was up and down, up and down. And no, so, if you were, game. so if you were a support, if you were a supporter of either club, you would have been on the edge of your seat for most of this game. Um, I, I was watching my team play Port, and I had a split screen, so I sort of looked over every now and again just to see what was going on. And every time I looked over, it was a different um, team in front. So, <laughs> and Mason would look like he. Knew he knew where the the goals were for the first time in a long time, which, <laughs> long which time. always handy. I think that would kick goals, win games. I mean, look, the pressure's obviously been released, and and the dogs are not very good. I mean, that's no. Ultimately, Western Bulldogs they just don't work work hard enough, um, and they don't and have yeah. enough big bodies. I'm no, going to say every week for every the rest day. of the year, even if they win games of football. Lloyd, uh, I thought was was quite good. <sighs> But ultimately, yeah, it was it was not not great. Um, North were getting completely completely murdered at the clearance. Like that's the thing. There was a period there where um, you know Western Bulldogs were just so much better. But the, they're so up and down. They play ten minutes, terrible the next ten. Great the next ten, terrible the next ten. It's just all over the show. And again, inaccurate cooking is losing games of footy. So yeah, exactly. Thirteen, twelve to eighteen, seven. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, why Geelong were on top. Exactly right. Um, dogs, as I said, so inconsistent, very awkward, strange game. Uh, yeah, I mean, North second quarter, you know, went a long way to them winning the game. Five goals to one in the second makes a big difference. Uh, also, the North dominated the wing as well. I thought they were uh, the dogs structurally on the wing all day was pretty average. Um, I thought they made some really stupid decisions, and that meant North could control it. Yeah, absolutely. And Goldstein had another really, really good game. I think he's yeah. just quietly going about his business as a right A lot man. of the seniors were pretty good. Yeah. Probably so, playing for their only coach. Yeah, Higgins and Dunning. Yeah, well, Cunnington hasn't played under anybody else, so it'll be interesting to see how he deals with uh, Mr. Shaw, who is in there for the interim. Yeah, I don't think too much more to say out of this game. It's a pretty inconsequential game, given that neither team is going to play finals. Let's be well, honest. Well, I think... It now we're at much, this stage of the season. Makes it much now. harder for the doggies. Had the doggies won that, that takes them uh, into that mid-tier pack that are just out on percentage. 
but they're, they're just losing these they're games. Too, yeah, yeah, that's oh, absolutely. It, it was they never going to be easy, even if no. they won this. But this makes it even that little bit. And they won uh, that game in Ballarat because Brisbane stuffed up. It wasn't because they were quite good. There's a few of these games oh, where yeah, dogs have won because the other team stuffed it up, all rather lost players. than all lost players or something yeah. along those lines. Um, but yeah, 25 points north in a bizarre win. Uh, so Reese Shaw will be the coach for the remainder of the year. Uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, well, we think. Well, unless he gets sacked during the year. We reckon they're going to sack two coaches. He might retire, be as, he might retire as well. Might get a job offer. He's like 40. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's... <laughs> Anyone? He's... Who knows what's going to happen? It's okay. north. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I think I think they'll go after someone pretty serious. They but will. They'll go. They'll ask Clarko and Horse and all. Oh, they've already guys. asked Clarko. Yeah, I would imagine so. They've probably gone. already asked Adam Simpson. He gets stuffed. Yeah, probably. All uh, these players that used to play there. Why do they think that they're going to get them? Because they used to play. No, 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 I know, I know. But why, why do they think? Who cares? It's been years. Get Wayne. Ask Wayne Carey then. Oh. Better than that. No, he wouldn't be welcome back. The glasser <laughs> might be a bit of a problem. Uh, Adelaide West Coast seventy-three to eighty-five. One of the better games of the year. Uh, Adelaide losing it by twelve points to the West Coast Eagles. Really good game. Uh, I thought we'll start with the winners when the Eagles surge forward. I thought it was really good. Darling was a lot better. That made a massive difference. Um, but again, look, West Coast is still massive scoring deficiency. Their accurate accuracy going inside fifty is terrible. Um, the first half of the game was pretty low energy. That that definitely didn't help. Um, that, that look, like a lot of games this year, it feels like we've said this how many times. I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but. The Eagles are slow to get going, but once they do, once the engine gets turned on, it's it's there's not much you can do. Um, Shuey, Gaff, all these guys, they just get it done. And you know, yeah, Shuey, 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 he's he's well, absurd clearance beast. Well, I was gonna say, ten minutes or eight minutes into the third quarter, the West Coast are down by thirty three points. Yeah. So. And at that point, they go, "Hang on, we better do something about it." It gets any further away from us, it might be a bit of a stretch. It's Let's just, just get on with it now. It's concerning that there's just so many. I mean, like I, I just don't know what to think about the Eagles. Like, yes, they're winning a lot of games and they, and they've been good. And when they get into these, you know, bad positions, they end up turning around and, and winning it. But because they go, oh well, we probably should win this and make an effort. But like, how much longer can that last? Do you know what I mean? Like, at some point... At least two more weeks. Well... Because <laughs> we've got the Dogs and Sydney, so... They'll probably win those. Yeah, and then they have a bye, so They'll three win weeks. That. And then Essendon, so it's four weeks. Uh, Hawthorne, five weeks. They'll lose some of those. No, they'll lose some Fremantle, of those. Fremantle, they've got, they've got a month and a half. They might lose the Derby. I think Freer are all yeah, right. Yeah, anyway, absolutely. But, it, look, yeah, I just think... It, I'm kind of... I'm still very confused on them because it's a situation where they... Are getting it done, but I don't know how. They've, they've, there's quarters where I'm very convinced by it's them. Not, it's not a good mindset no. uh, to be putting it as a team to be uh, placing themselves in, especially now everyone's jostling in the eight, I guess, for lack of a more sort of technical way to look at football. And they will want to be starting to hit. Um, their straps over the next month, I would would think, yeah. so that then they're playing pretty consistent, good football for four quarters for like those last six to seven rounds before finals. Um, don't get us wrong, I'm, I'm sure I'm speaking for you. West Coast are playing finals this year, unless something really drastic happens. Would yeah, you agree? No, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm more concerned that if they keep playing like this, how sustainable is that? A through the year, oh, yeah. but B oh, yeah, in finals. Yeah. yeah, if they don't change that soon, it's going to be they're harder be for them to for longer. Well, they're going, it's going to be harder for them to switch. Yeah, 
when they come up against that's not going to work against Geelong no that switch will get them in the contest maybe in the third or fourth quarter but they won't get them winning it no exactly right they've got to be in front and and, and being competitive right from the get go Um, in the coming weeks I I totally agree otherwise yeah um, some of these better teams are going to overrun them I don't think they've got the easiest run home now they've got some challenges oh they one can't um (laughs) But they play they play Hawthorne, Adelaide, and Richmond in their last three rounds. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, be, there might be some similar to finals. Yeah. Um, another thing um, which uh, we should state as well is again the Eagles just win at Adelaide Oval, so they won eight out of the last ten. I actually didn't realize it was that high. So they won a lot of games at yeah. Adelaide Oval now. I knew their record was pretty good. I didn't know it was that good. And that leads me into the the point that there's a number of very good teams or good teams that Adelaide come up against at home that they just do not know how to beat. West Coast, Geelong, Carton, Richmond, and Hawthorne. They've all got great records at Adelaide Oval, so um, they'll need to. I think they need to address that. Um, I've got they need big, to start winning at home, yeah. Well, exactly, but I mean, they can beat shit teams, but these bigger interstate teams seem to be able to go over there and do what they want. Hawthorne will won like. 10 of the last 11 and they, something. And so, to be honest to Hawthorne, though, the last three months. years they've been a good team, not a great team. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so, yeah, they should have they should have lost been. some of those games. Definitely. Over yeah. So, anyway, um, yeah, I'm concerned about Adelaide's inability, A, to win at home, but just the inaccuracy in front of goal. Again, 13-15 to whatever it was, 16-7 or something. So, again, Adelaide had the opportunity to... Well, they should have really put this... Um, game in away in the third quarter and yeah. being up by that much and just being able to play lockdown football. They just, they just to, don't have that inability. They have an inability to be able to do so. And just keep pushing, keep pushing. That's the thing. I mean, Tex was average as, again. Uh, there was all this talk during the week. Is he, you know, if you're the captain, are you immune to going to the sandfall? I don't think so. Hell no. Absolutely Why is not. he the captain? Oh, I still don't understand. I didn't why, understand why it's they... It's like they felt bad for him. They just gave it to old mate. Like, I... I just would have thought it would have been easier just to clean swap over to, to Sloan and Sloan, let Sloan yeah. do his thing. They're very different players. Obviously, they've got a mutual respect for each other, but I think there's probably a bit of mixed messaging going on out in the field because of their styles of leadership. Who knows? I, I don't. I didn't agree with it at the start of the season, and they haven't proven me wrong yet. So, hmm. anyway, uh, lots uh, to think about at Adelaide. Definitely and a bit a of a choke job. You yeah. would have thought. Let's be honest. This was a bit of a choke job. I mean, Crows were way, way. You know, I mean, seven, eight to three, four at half time, nine, ten to eight, six to three quarter time to lose the game is, um, yeah. I mean, they lost the first quarter as well. So two, two to three, three. That first quarter was awful to watch, though. Um, oh, there was a few things like you know that ball was touched by Ryan, so Darling probably shouldn't have had that shot, but didn't matter. They won anyway. Uh, they would have won seven instead of twelve. So what's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. So. Um, that's it. Uh, I yeah, interesting kind of conversation around Adelaide and the Eagles. We'll sort of have these more overall discussions now. The season's gone. Um, you know, much further on, we've got a pretty clear idea of where things are going to yeah. some degree. But both of those teams, yeah, as you pointed out, right from the get-go, uh, question marks on their, well, for West Coast. Adelaide are very much question oh, marks, yeah, but at uh, least Eagles are winning games. Yeah, they're winning games, but question marking the uh, sustainability of the way they're currently playing. Without a doubt. And yeah, Adelaide is more just the overall um, 
plan and where they're wanting to go because they seem to get themselves in positions to win games and then choke. Uh, uh, don't get the four points, which you need <laughs> if you want to play in finals footy. This is very true. Gold Coast, Geelong, 64-291. Gold wow. Coast, again, play three quarters. Yes, uh, very four good three to 4-3, 6-5 six, to 6-8. They nearly led at halftime, the Gold Coast Suns. 9-8 to 9-10. So, again, stayed with them basically the whole day. And then 9-10 to 13-13. So, yeah. that's There's really not much to take out of this game. Um, yeah. Ablett punched somebody. Got a week. We don't know whether he's going to challenge. You'd think not surely. Um, I thought tackling from both sides was pretty good. But that polish and lack of talent just hurts. Gold Coast in late in the game. I mean, it was definitely some effort, but they just don't have it. I no, mean, not not against you know pretty good sides. And if they can, but as soon as they can get um, an experienced and more developed midfield, they they're going to get plenty of the ball. I mean, Wits is having a, a pretty good year. Had fifty one hitouts again. Um, I like Fer- Fiorini. He's been very consistent. Yeah. Swallow was okay. Uh, for the winners again Wits was good again yeah. as well uh, Duncan and Kelly again had um, outstanding games for, for McPherson for I like Fresson. yeah there's, there's a lot to like about the Suns again. oh I think they're good um, but yeah sort of if May and Lynch had stayed they'd possibly be knocking towards the door of the finals oh, I, I, I think that's a chance yeah. I mean May's not even playing but I mean who knows maybe he plays with a beer gut this season and it's a bit better I don't know yeah, maybe. Um, and obviously, if, just uh, rebound if, defenders off. If Omira, off you. if Omira and Ablett and Caddy had a stay, like who knows what they would have been like. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, That's terrible. And Prestia as well. Oh, Prestia, geez, yeah, unbelievable. There's yeah, there's a, there's a few that have gone on the wayside, but look, hats off to Stuart Jew getting basically a team of no. And sorry, I have to say nobody because took us whole episode to, <laughs> to yeah. work out who these players were earlier on in the season when we did the pre-season re- uh, preview. It's like, who do we know at the Gold Coast Suns? We did a guess again. <laughs> we played guess there with the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> We're starting to get to know them because they're actually playing some decent football, but obviously they got to way too strong in the last quarter and obviously won almost by 30 points, which you'd expect them to do every day of the week. You'd think so. Um, yeah, nothing to take out of this. Geelong are good. Gold Coast aren't quite there yet, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, next game, 73-50, to 50, Richmond by 23 points. Uh, dream time at the G. Uh, Richmond quite good. Essendon not very good. Uh, I guess one takeaway, start with Richmond. I mean, for me, really missed opportunity to... Get serious percentage. Uh, Essendon were pretty average throughout that game, and I think they had a real chance to get the belt yeah, and really turn around. Absolutely, belt. I think that's the uh, big thing that was missing is so many leaders at Richmond uh, off Got the park. Uh, off the well, they're off the park being injured. Mm. Uh, nobody out there like Jack. Jack would have gone. Let's bury these. Let's get <laughs> percentage. And just really, really hurt um, Essendon because Essendon had kicked two goals up to three quarter time. Two goals. Terrible. This was to, such a bad to, game. To eight. So, so disappointing. Yeah, very, very disappointing. Very disrespectful as well, really, um, on, on a big day and a big game. Massive game and it did The whole really... first quarter was awful, though. 1-2 to 0-3. 1-2 to 0-3, yeah. And then 4-7 to 1-7, 8-11 to 2-10. And then, as they've tried to do many times over the last two seasons, Essendon came with a flurry. 
Um, not from McDonald's, but actually tried to actually kick a score, and it was too little, too late in the end, losing by twenty three points. Not the most memorable Dreamtime game. Pretty bad game. Let's and be honest. I think most of the talking points are going to be on the injuries to Shield, Shield, and Stringer, Stringer. and basically um, that's about it. It was. <laughs> Oh, I, I tried, the first half. It was awful to watch. It was real. It was, and people can go, "Oh, the conditions, this, the conditions." I go, "These are elite sports people. No, they should know how to play if it's belting down with guess, rain." Yeah. The only thing would be like it didn't snow help, but because yeah. we don't get snow. No. But rain or wind or yeah, acid rain, we it. don't get acid rain. Oh, no, Myers would have made this game more interesting. People yeah. go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she got injured. <laughs> Um, Sorry, no, no so, did, not, did not mean that at all. That's pretty funny. Uh, Richmond obviously played the wet weather far better. Um, yeah, I mean, look, their defence, Richmond's defence kind of went to sleep towards the back end, and that's why they came back into the game. Um, yeah, I mean, the Dons were kind of back towards the end. Once it dried up and they realised, oh, hang on, we're in the middle of a football game, we better try. Uh, yeah, that, but look, I don't know. I, I thought it was a bit of that, but at the same time, Richmond really threw... Uh, their chance to get serious percentage in the bin. Um, Rioli, I thought, was really good in his return. Let's um, talk a bit about that. Uh, he obviously was dropped to the VFL to keep the standards quite high, and I thought that was uh, a good move, and it worked. Uh, we said this a couple of weeks ago, and I've started saying people acknowledging this. I think Hawley is in the best form of his career. I think he looks amazing. Um, he's one of the best defenders, if not top three defenders in the game. Um, Lynch corked calf. That's another thing to talk about as well. Um, supposedly it's not awful, but we'll we'll have. That's going to be a very wait and see. They're not going to say anything. No, absolutely um, not. But I agree. Um, Hooli is just going about his business uh, very quietly. He's been Ramadan as well. Ramadan, yeah. So fasting. Um, people were talking about him fasting, which you think would be difficult, but he's you know been in amazing form. So. Yeah. And- yeah, no, Essendon supporters must be looking back in anguish going, mm. it was one of ours. It's an old Oasis song, looking yeah. back in anguish at Basha yes. Hall. So, and look, I mean, obviously, yeah, Martin was very uh, impressive again. I thought Bell Chambers... He's in much better form. Yeah, yeah. Tom Bell Chambers, he's been up and down. I think he had a pretty pretty good game for the Dons. Merritt was fine. Merritt was fine again, but that then it just drops off. Uh, well, Langford, Langford was, 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 I think, almost their best player. Yeah, I mean, he kicked some goals in the last quarter, didn't he? Um, I thought he was quite good. Uh, Malfoy was pretty good. Malfoy. <laughs> yeah, old mate um, Malfoy. Wilfie, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but look, uh, pretty disappointing from the rest of Essendon. Though. They were outplayed for most of the game, and obviously it showed in the end. Uh, Tiggs just got over the line, but were superior for three quarters. Well, do we want to talk a bit about Essendon's uh, continuous injuries? So, Danaher, Year, uh, Fantasia, No Good, Shield, Stringer. So, next week, I mean, it, it does set up a very interesting scenario. So, Essendon and Carlton play this week. If Carlton lose heavily to Essendon with basically a res- almost a reserve side, like, surely then it's the end of Bolton. But... I mean... Would they be playing the door song? This is the end. My only friend, the end. That should be the, the Newcastle theme uh-huh. song. I think there needs to be a bit of a torch shined on the Medicos at Essendon. I mean, the amount of injuries is starting to get... Uh, particularly in the last few seasons. Like, how many injuries? 
It's just getting ridiculous. Another couple of hammies. Yeah, definitely not ideal. Have they overworked them? They're giving them the wrong the wrong preseason. Like, what's what do you think? Looking at it, oh. it's hard to know. Obviously, but... it's hard because um, well, they don't train at Windy Hill anymore, do they? They train somewhere else. In Tullamarine somewhere. Yeah, Tuller, yeah. So, uh, whether the, the, the ground is... Uh, well, you reckon it's different, a West Coast style? Well, different firmness to the G, um, or so it's softer underfoot. Who who knows? Those those types of things do come under um, scrutiny if they're not um, similar and whatnot. But, again, this is a professional um, club, uh, so they should know better, Uh and they should know all this stuff from years of training and and all the technology out there. Um, I mean, calves and hamstrings is a really simple way of trying to nullify those injuries from uh, coming about too often, and that's making sure that uh, a percentage, let's say 10, 15, 20% of the running that's done at training uh, is done backwards. So if you do four warm-up laps before... A training drill, make one of those laps running backwards. Yeah. Because they're, either muscles aren't being generally underworked or, or get a dang that can get, get results. Well, this is the other thing. Maybe it's just been tarnished for, from years of uh, drug abuse there. And now that they haven't had drugs. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I'll go there. You take the carrot in front of me and I jumped at the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> being all the thoughts about it. So... <laughs> No, no, look, but... no, it is, it's, it, it's a concern that there is a team of um, fitness um, strength and condition coaches and medicos and they're all just going, oh, it's not me, and handball it well, to someone they're, else. They're, go, the Adelaide, oh. they're the Adelaide of this year because Adelaide last year had injury after injury after injury. Oh, they got the same, have they got the same people there? Oh, they're with those idiots. Taking them on a bus trip up to Kumbaya, my boy. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I think, not, it's not ideal, but I, I think no. the Danaher situation is separate to Danaher. all the others. They just rushed him back. That's that, but, that, but that's the anymore. medicos again, exactly. Yeah, they yeah, rushed him back. I mean, to, and we said that all the other injuries. Say, I mean, they could be the players. Um, that'd be like saying Collingwood and North Melbourne had uh, shitty medicos with Daniel Wells. It could just be his body. No, no. Well, that's only one player though. They've been very good with injuries. They've they've got Jamie Elliott. Well, not he's gone again. But yeah, he's gone again. They, <laughs> that's true, I guess. But he, he's got a busted ass body. They've gone and got him up and going. But to be fair, they've got a few. Yeah, I guess Cox is struggling at the moment. But they've just got so much more depth. I guess that's a big difference. Yeah, true. I don't know. There seems to be a fair bit. But the other thing, too, is, I mean, just to go back to the game more specifically, I mean, Don's, for me, just overused the corridor. And I think part of it was Richmond were forcing them to do it. But at the same time, they, they use the same trick too often. Do you notice that with Essendon? They kind of go to the same old shtick, and it's like... Give it to Sard. You know, you just did Give this. it to Sard and see if he can run, outrun everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to Sard, outrun. Outrun. And that's he... That's ticket. Yeah, get that's the ticket. That's the Kurt ticket. So, <laughs> Kurt Maybe they should try and get him. I miss Kurt ticket. He'd, he'd be a good foil for them. You reckon? What is he doing? Oh, we'll just stand there do nothing. <laughs> Take a key defender. Yeah, maybe. Because he wouldn't get injured as much. Although well, no. he used to get injured heaps. Say, yeah, yeah, soft injury. Yeah. Yeah, probably something else. Stuff him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, look, who knows? I, I still just don't understand where Essendon are at as a no. club overall. Them, them, and, and, uh, them and Western Bulldogs and a couple of others. Like, you just can't. Who are they? Like, who come like Melbourne there. are just terrible. They're shit house. Yeah, they're... Carlton are shit house. 
Essendon, St Kilda are okay. They're pretty much shit ass, I mean, but they're Fremantle. doing what they can. This will be Fremantle one week, and then they play like this the next, and then you go. All right, well, they, they got Carlton next week. I reckon they'll win that game, and then finally put the the axe through Carlton. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll keep moving because oh, they didn't last year. So boring game. Boring game. Yeah, that was pretty funny. You tipped it too. That was hilarious. Uh, next one, which yeah, yeah even look, more boring. I think one of the most boring games of the entire year. Uh, Melbourne versus GWS in a terrible standard game. Not, uh, sorry, 98. That, that would have been good. Thanks. They would have won. 68 to 94. Giants by uh, 26 points. They won at the G. Bing, bing. Bing, bing. Thanks, Melbourne. Yeah. Now uh, I don't have to think about who you played for the rest of the year because I'm not picking you. Yeah, I can't believe you tipped shit. them. You can't believe you tipped them. Uh, 1 1 to 2 5. 1 3 to 6 8. That's the scoreline. That's not a error at half no, time. They kicked two points in a quarter of football. Yeah, they kicked... Well, in three quarters, they kicked three goals. Man. A goal per quarter. <laughs> three, six, starting. to two, nine. And then at the end, GWS has sort of said, oh, well, we've done it we got today. A, we got percentage last week. Let's just wrap this up. That was a bit of a disappointing sort well, of situation. They didn't come out and, and really bury them. No, I, I want to see some burying, but... Yeah, time work. for some big losses to shit teams. Well, Carlton got pummeled by GWS. That's the only one we've really got this Yeah, year. need more. Yeah. I oh, don't know no, North Melbourne pummeled. You pointed out North Melbourne. Oh, that's pummeled, right. They did uh, Two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think there's going to be some belting through the rest of the year. I think Melbourne are going to get belted by a few teams. And I think Carlton are going to get belted by a few teams. <laughs> um, let's make that start next week. Please, Essendon. Let's start with GWS. Uh, yeah, big thing, obviously, GWS threw a massive lead in the bin. Uh, massive opportunity thrown away. Um DeBoer, again, you know, just owned Oliver, so another big scalp for him. Himmelberg, I thought, was fantastic. Uh, yeah, look, all the all the normal people at GWS were good, but I don't know. This was such a bad game. The standard was awful up until three-quarter time. It was unwatchable, unless you're a hardcore Giants fan, and then the last quarter was just bizarre. Um, and they kind of just piled it on the end just to quickly make sure they didn't lose. But if I'm Liam Cameron, I'd be pissed. Even though they won this game, I would be pissed off. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because that, this is a type of mentality. I mean, you look at all the great teams over the last 20, 30 years. They put themselves in a position like this and they bury teams in that last quarter. They make that team hurt. Yeah. Um, so, that A, you continue to have the, the mental capacity to see games out. But, B, you put scars in the other teams. Next time they come up against you... <laughs> They're like, oh, far out. Hang on, we know they're going to finish hard, regardless of where they're at. And that can be the difference between <coughs> winning a final mm. or a prelim final, GWS, and not. So I think Leon Cameron's going to yeah rip shreds through them, and I think we'll see a fairly aggressive Giants outfit uh, against the Suns next week. And we'll talk about that in the preview. But, yeah, look, the, the Giants are starting to look very scary again. Um, they haven't got a weak link anywhere, and they can score good, yeah. from any position on on their uh, footy ground. Another thing too, uh, an absolutely deplorable crowd, twenty three thousand. Um, you, I, you know, you'd nearly get more if they played this game in Sydney. Um, I thought that was a disgrace. Uh, I mean, the amount of people that just jump off the Melbourne bandwagon. Um, oh, of course. And and to be honest, like you can see some reason why wouldn't they, but you got to stick by your team in the hard times and the good times. And, I mean, they, they there was no one there. 
Like they've all gone to the snow. Uh, well, that's always a, a joke, a but it's, thing, it's, it's the true. Snow's, the snow's not there yet. <coughs> well, where so are they, where they going? going? They're not at the games. The gate. <laughs> I mean, their member numbers are not actually that bad. Where are these members? Where are you, Melbourne supporters? Just stick behind your team, like. Don't just get. They're off awful. That. I can yeah. see where they, where why you'd think well, the thing stuff is that for a joke. The, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, that could be the difference between Melbourne's next win and not if they've got thirty or forty thousand members there actually supporting them. Um, they might turn for around. Twenty-three AFL crowd's terrible. Yeah, it's almost as bad as the, the Hawthorne <coughs> GWS game. Or was it more about That's GW? More, or, that was fourteen thousand. Yeah. Or is it more? Is it saying more about the GWS members in Melbourne that there's just none? No, that's that, but that's it's a new team. Yeah, I know that. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Trying to make this conversation keep going, I don't know why. No, it's terrible. <laughs> no, just very brief thing to talk about. Yeah, uh, missed opportunity, terrible game. Let's forget it. Uh, Melbourne this... are bad. Giants are good. That, there's nothing to take out of that. Yeah, grade three conversation. Uh... Giants good. <laughs> Melbourne bad. <laughs> St Kilda versus Curtin. 68 to 55. St Kilda by 13 points. Should have been a bit more than that. The stuffed it up again. Uh, terrible decision making in the end. Uh, you know, we always start with the winners, but that decision from Plowman to uh, clear instructions to go down the guts at the end. They had two minutes to go. They had hardly any more time to score. And he went to the boundary. Oh, what are you doing? If you can, if you. <laughs> so bad. God. Damn it, you had so you had so, so many opportunities to win this game in the first half and they threw them all in the bin. Blew it. Every, Literally you blew it. Every single time. They yeah, do blow then, it, don't they? Yeah, and then the Saints is. They just don't work banks. hard enough though. No. The Carlton just simply don't work hard enough. And they're so bad at a stoppage. They don't check for a loose man. They they kick to the worst options nearly every time going inside fifty. Yeah. Every time they go inside fifty, oh hang on, someone Someone's uh, like three foot shorter than that guy. I'll kick to him. Or yeah, and oh, he, he there's no chance to make the mark. I'll, I'll go for him. Yeah, miss, missing. It's these, like they're taking the piss. Oh, absolutely, so many times, and this is in the midfield, moving forward. There's they had multiple options on for a safe short kick, more than fifteen meters. Yeah. So it would have been paid a mark, and they'd be like, "I'm going long to a contest." <laughs> Why? You're not that good of a football team. Just go for the safe option. A lot and, of cute, and just cute keep moving. Football, just yeah. cute football. And it's just not paying off yet. Wait till you can actually uh, get some runs on the board. Win games. Yeah. And St Kilda, to their credit, just went, we'll just see how this plays out a little bit. And it worked. And they yeah. go, they're cooked and they're gassed. Bang, bang. Kicked a few goals in the third quarter and took control of the game. Terrible skills from both teams, though. Like, oh. The entries from St Kilda were pretty bad as well. Like Not to let them off the hook. They were no. pretty average. No, nothing so some really... really bad errors late, too. Like some really dumb blocks. They gave away some 50 metres, but yeah, they're lucky yeah. to win this in the no, end. No, nothing really to like from a skill perspective. Uh, again, uh, the, the Crips and Steel uh, matchup was another good one. Not quite as good as last year, as far as the stats go, but they both come out pretty... Even, I think, Steel just, he had a let. Like mainly because he had 10 tackles to four, but both had 28 touches and had a relative influence for both uh, for their relative teams, uh, but not a Crips-type game that we've seen uh, throughout the year. So The Saints are just so much more organised, and that, that makes a massive difference. Um, th- this was terrible umpiring as well in this game. There was consistently 
situations where the players would stop. Um, they basically just forgot about holding Literally. the ball and and they just would let it play and all the players were like, well, hang on, that was clearly holding the ball. Yeah, and this is the state of affairs. Absolutely. And so it wasn't bad. even when there was twice that I can remember, one in particular, I think it was in the first or the second quarter, where something happened and it was like a push, it looked like it was pushing back, a hole in the ball, no, no, <coughs> no whistle was blown, but every player on the ground stopped as if they were waiting for it to happen. And yeah. he's like, no, play on, nothing's been called. And oh, you sit there and go, if all the players think it's a free kick, both opposite, uh, both teams and whatnot, then... Yeah, there's some serious questions that need to be asked again about A, the rules, B, how it's being officiated by the umpires, and C, which Trent and I and probably many other people who watch a lot of football think, why are the AFL telling umpires to adjudicate certain games a certain way and other games a different way? For the Yeah, I mean, it was just awful to watch. I mean, all those people that sit around saying, oh, it's so good the umpires are letting it go. No, it's not. Not they've if, let it go so much to the point that it, the game's unrecognisable at times. If someone anyway. is being tackled <laughs> and they do not get a kick or a handball off and the ball spills free, that, my friends, is called dropping the ball and a free kick should be adjudicated. And that happened in a few games that I saw this did, week. Yeah. On top of that is the umpires are quick to say advantage. Now, if... The team who's got the free kick or the mark or whatever it may be plays on, and that very next disposal in a few split seconds doesn't go to advantage. The umpire should be calling it back. Yeah, I saw it at least half a dozen times throughout this week, uh, throughout the weekend. Three of them were in this game where the advantage was not there, and the umpire should be calling it back. But, no. uh, but uh, as we uh, bad game. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, though, I'm, I've got a heat check in this game, and it's because this <laughs> wow. player. Has been on our Nahas uh, winners list uh, week kidding? in, week out for so long that I had to give him a heat check because Carlton have finally decided to put uh, Mr. Levi Casbolt in the back line and he's actually not too bad. He's all right, yeah. He had uh, 12, 12 disposals, went at 91% efficiency. Yeah. I don't think he's ever seen 91% in anything he's ever done in his life. <laughs> So, uh, nothing on the uh, scoring side of things, but look, seven marks, uh, three tackles, and two rebound 50s. Not bad for a guy who doesn't know where the goals are. <laughs> wow. That was a heat check and a bake at the same time. Uh, he's still the Nahas. That's what this... this the, the, we should, now Nahas is out of the game, we should call it the Casper. The Casper. I, yeah. I think he's probably earned it. For sure. You've got to go. You've got to be... Move from one spot to another. Who, who's, who's in front of the Casbolt at the moment? Who do you reckon would be in front? Nah, he's 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 the, probably in front. Right? He's the person that gets a game. There was someone I thought the other day. There was oh, um, well, the Vickery's no. Well, Josh Jenkins, I think, was leading it a fair bit. He yeah. he's been disgraced. Right, I want to know how many radars uh, he's on at the moment for outside of Adelaide because he's not going to be there. And I think oh, I reckon a lot of teams would be interested in. Having I'll him. roll the dice on him, but I don't think it'd be a good idea. <laughs> well, that's, he's not he's a, good. Well, he's not going to stay at Adelaide. No. So well, I can't. I still can't believe they maybe, signed him up. They have like twelve of the people that play his role. Why do they need him? Yeah, maybe North throw a million dollars at him. Wow. That'd be so <laughs> desperate. Carlton? Sorry, about half a million? No. Nah, ah, they get at least 750. Saints will do that. <laughs> oh, this bloody <laughs> round. Um, nah, it started off well. That 
there was there was a lot of look. I mean, the, the bar's a bit low. This hasn't been the be best better. season. It gets a bit better. From it the gets last a game. lot better. So the last game, seventy three to seventy two, Fremantle winning by a point at the death after the siren by Walters hitting the post, uh, beating the Lions seventy two. So massive game. I thought this was a fantastic watch. Uh, obviously, the the last you know quarter there was almost. I mean, yeah. I mean, so the three quarter time nine seven to ten nine. And then 10, 13 to 10, 12. So there wasn't really much scoring going on. But it was very tense, um, given scoring is so difficult in the modern game. It, it was kind of to be expected. Oh, it's like but the it goal, was good. It's like the goals have got smaller. <clears throat> well, that's what Richo's been saying for years. <clears throat> he dead set says this that the, 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 it throws people off because the, the uh, posts post are too, too, too tall. tall. Yeah. Even though the players are getting taller. It's so weird. It I, I, I like it, it's bizarre. But I, I kind of like. I it. think it's onto something though. It's, yeah, maybe it's why he likes the podcast. Maybe he'd come up with this weird conspiracy this theories, theories, just like him. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and we already know that the squares on the on the grass are cut to nine point three meters, not I think ten. Some of them were less. There was some of them that <laughs> yeah. were like eight. Yeah, shifty, shifty. Um, yeah, Lions, but good game. Yeah, let's get that. Good game. Yeah, Lions. I thought tackled really well. Tight contest all day. Um, Again, Fremantle really slow to transition, but they weren't as slow as they've been in other games, so maybe it's getting a bit better, which is a good sign, I guess. Walters was huge all day. Uh, although Ryan was fantastic as well. He was the other person I had for Fremantle uh, marked as a you know pretty serious uh, contender for the heat check. I thought he was outstanding all day. 81% disposal efficiency, 32 disposals, 19 kicks, 13 handles. He was fantastic all day. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Fremantle were, were excellent. Fife was obviously very good as always. Uh, Hill, Ryan, without a doubt, Wilson. I thought Lobb's been good as well. Uh, Langdon, I thought, was, was putting in a good effort too. They're, they're a good side. They're actually a decent side now, I think, Fremantle. Yeah, absolutely. They um, obviously were, were, were pushed right to the edge in this game. One point uh, wins a, a bit of a very, very high um, skill and... Uh, ability by Bradley Hill in the the last quarter obviously was the difference uh, in a lot of regards. That's that's obviously comes with playing at a, a very very good team at Hawthorne before that, knowing how to uh, do the small things right near the death to get your team over the line. Uh, Walters has been brilliant all year. I think um, this is going to be also quite a beneficial game for the Lions. They're yeah, going to get a lot of confidence. <coughs> they can travel Hopefully. so far away um, and get with and that close. kick and get that close. Uh, a lot of confidence out of that game. Again, they're pretty pretty young list, and obviously Cameron was very good for them as well. But and Hodge um, a bit sore at the end. That didn't help. No, definitely not. But yeah, look, I I think Fremantle are a serious final contenders this year, which it's been almost was three years since they last played finals. I think they've got the right mix, and if they can get more out of Hogan and then they get um, Stephen Hill back uh, if Harley Bennell can stay fit um, we've also got this guy called Aaron Sandlands have you heard of him before? Oh, he's finished he's got to be finished sure. <laughs> but imagine if he comes back as a, just, so a, just a well, just a just put him in the <clears throat> uh, the square yeah. full forward just kick it high 
He's a small forward. A small forward. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he plays a small forward. Yeah, role. they've definitely got. Um, they've definitely got uh, the nucleus now, which uh, they haven't had for a number of years. And yeah. They just relied way if too Jesse much. Jesse Hogan turns it up. Well, yeah. that's sorry to interrupt. No, I was going to say just up until this year, I think so much reliance on well Neil when he was there and Fife to to always get the job done in Sandlands, and now no Sandlands, no Neil. Uh, the rest of the team have been able to go. Oh shit, we've got to do something, and they're actually doing it pretty well. We better so. make some effort. Yeah, so look, yeah, uh, they've still got concerns travelling outside of WA uh, as far as what I've seen from them this year, but ultimately they've put themselves in a pretty good position uh, to make a charge at the finals. And I actually like the way they're playing footy. Uh, occasionally, Ross wants a Ross lockdown, but for most of the part this year, it's been a bit more it's enjoyable been to watch. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, look, as much as the Lions smash them at the clearance, Fremantle would generally get the ball back throughout this game and in the last 10 minutes of the final quarter you know 84% of time in Fremantle's forward half would indicate to you that they're starting to get better at switching to offense yeah. so that, that's good you know the signs are good um, but yeah I, I, look Cameron I thought was exciting for uh, Brisbane um, without a doubt I, I think Zorko's again had a pretty decent year uh, McLuggage has been good. McStay was pretty good McStay, again. McStay, Andrews. Uh, I mean, Cameron should have had a, a real bag, 3-2. Um, he had a few other options. So he's quietly cool. becoming one of the elite small forwards again. Like it was. I think he's without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. If not the best at the moment. Mm. Nahas, probably first. Oh, yeah, of course. There's Nahas and then there's Daylight. Daylight, yeah. <laughs> there's Casbol. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, so that that is the round. I don't think there's too much more to say. This game was good, uh, tightly contested. Uh, the end was fantastic, so that was definitely worth watching. Um, you know, Fremantle dominating the marks inside 50, 17 to 7. Yeah, if, um, if you didn't yeah. see any or much football and you want watch to see the, some really exciting, the last four or five minutes of this game yeah, is brilliant. Yeah, the, the quarter's not great because there's almost no scoring and it's just tight and, and just, you know... It's Ross Lyon-esque. Ross Lyon style, but then towards the back end, they do eventually pull the trigger and it is good. Uh, it's just a shame they take so long to pull the trigger. I mean, look, yeah, sorry, I'll interrupt you before, but Jesse Hogan, I think, um, who knows what's going on with him, but if he can really perform, surely that yeah. starts to go a long way to really pushing them up the ladder. Oh, absolutely. If he can start kicking two, three goals a game regularly and then have games where he kicks four or five, and then you've got other contributors that are kicking two or three, then Huge, all yeah. of a sudden Freo are a team that could potentially score 90, 100 points week in, week out, and then they're going to be hard to beat because we know how good defensively they can be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that's it, guys. Massive thanks to our sponsors at Hobster Home. Big thanks as well to Beyond the Game. We'll be back for a live show, 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time on their Facebook show uh, with us. So obviously check out Beyond the Game, uh, Beyond the Game's Facebook page. Uh, I'll put it up on Twitter as well. Hopstahome.com.au. Hopstahome gets you $25 off as a promo code for your first pack. What do you reckon? Tell your mates, tell your friends. Hops, hops, hops. Hops and hops and hops, and you'll get lots and lots and lots. <laughs> that was terrible. It was. That's what happens during your dad. You're not a dad. That's true. Sorry, dad joke. See ya. See ya. <laughs>